It's a joy to be here. Pastor, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I was blessed when I saw your church today. When we drove off of the highway, I looked at the beautiful lake and the beautiful church, and I thought, isn't that nice? You folks are blessed. You're blessed. And you have one of the nicest pastors I've ever met. So just enjoy him. Amen. 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 I'd like my wife to just stand and wave at you. We've been married 45 years. Minus a few days. Today I'm going to emphasize missions, missions involvement. And more specifically, I want to focus on mission giving. This is what your pastor has indicated he'd like for me to do. Some of us have grown up with missions. We've been involved from childhood. Some of you have had those little buddy barrels since you were little kids. Giving to BGMC, Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. The youth have given to speed the light to help missionaries so that when they get to the field, they'll have a vehicle to drive and, and communication equipment. And for many people, missions has just been something that's part of them. It's like it's been in your DNA. But it's not that way for everybody. Some of us have not been educated toward missions awareness. We've not been challenged to participate in missions. And we're just learning. Myself, I did not grow up in the church. I went to church occasionally when I was a little boy because my mother loved the Lord, but my father wasn't serving the Lord, and he made it a little difficult. But I went from time to time, but never on a regular basis. So I was never really in a mission service until after I got saved. I was almost 18 when I got saved, I left home, graduated from high school when I was 17, went to California, and uh, it was out there that I, that I found the Lord. Well, actually, that's when he found me. And uh, I remember I went back home, and my mother was going to Little Assemblies of God Church in a tiny rural area called Bird's Corner. I know all of you know where that is. But I remember when I was 18, I went to a mission service, and to my recollection, this is the first mission service I was ever in. And that night, Quentin Edwards, a missionary evangelist, was raising money to buy a radio station so that the gospel could go out over a certain part of the world. And as he began to share that night, he, he said something that I don't know how he figured it out, but he said if for every dollar that's given, somebody will be saved. Now, before I'd come to that service, I'd ask my dad for some money because I was running a little low. And um, he gave me a $20 bill. 
Well, that night when the Lord moved on me, I was sitting there thinking, how much am I going to give tonight? A dollar. For every dollar that's given, a soul will be saved. How much am I going to give tonight? Well, I'll just keep back enough to get a hamburger and Coke before I go home. Then I thought, no, I'll just save enough to get a Coca-Cola to go home before I go home. And then I said, no, I'm going to give it all. And I gave everything I had, and I gave my dad's $20 too. Now, my dad wasn't a Christian. So when I went home and I shared with him that I'd given his money in the offering, I saw some spark in his eyes, and it wasn't pride. He was a little bit angry at me, but he he didn't really say anything. But I was generous with the little bit of money I had and, and with the money that my dad had given. But as far as I know, that was my first first missions offering of my life. So I was just, just beginning to learn. I was 18 when God called me to preach. Didn't know anything, but I started preaching. Went to, to the military, went to college, knowing that God had called me to preach. I'd taken a couple of Berean courses to try to learn a little bit. I took some courses through William Jewell Baptist College at the Baptist Student Union, but I didn't know very much. And I sure didn't know anything about missions. So when we were finishing up in college, my wife's three years younger than I, but uh, we graduated about the same time because when I was in the military, she caught up. But, uh, and by the way, thank you for honoring the veterans. Do you know I was, I was home 10 years from Vietnam before anybody ever said thank you? And I cried. Thank you, veterans. Thank you for serving. And let me back to the message. When we were about to graduate, we said, now it's our time to get into ministry. So I went to see the presbyter, and I said uh, to Brother Heitman, I said, uh, my wife and I are going to be graduating from college, and we want to be more involved in ministry. And he said, well, you know, there's a little church open over here at Van Duzer. How many of you know where Van Duzer is? Raise your hand. It's in southern Missouri. Hmm. Nobody. Imagine that. And they said, why don't you go try out? I said, okay. So Gail and I went there, and we had a, had a weekend of services, and they voted for, for me to be their pastor. And I missed it. By one vote. So when I found out that I missed it by one vote, the presbyter said, why don't you try again? I said, you sure about that? Yeah, yeah. You'll get it next time. We went there and I preached again and I missed it by two votes. (laughs) That's a rough way to get started. 
So when we graduated from college, we, we said we need to get involved in ministry. So I went to see the presbyter in the section where we were moving, uh, going to move to. And he said, where are you going to work? And I said, well, my wife's got a teaching job. And I believe that uh, I'm going to be the social service worker for Mary's County. And I'll have an office at the Division of Family Services in Vienna, Missouri. I'm 99% sure that I've got the job. And uh, I said, but I want to get involved in ministry. My wife and I want to do what we can. And, and uh, he said, well, you know the church in Vienna is open. I said, really? He said, yeah. They want me to send them somebody. And I said, well, why don't you send me? So he scheduled me to go there, my wife and I to go. And we went there on a Sunday and preached Sunday morning, Sunday night. Then they voted. Now, I didn't want to have one of those deals where I missed it by two votes or something. So I prayed and I prayed. I said, Lord, let it be 100% yes. Sure enough, we got 100% of the votes. We got all six votes. <laughs> and got them all. That's where we started. That's where we started. That's the way we got started in pastoral ministry. But I decided if we'll be faithful, God will be faithful. And if I'll preach to a handful of people as if they're a hundred, someday you'll give me a hundred. And he did. But we were just learning about all of it. The first time I did communion service, I wanted to know how was that, Gail? And she had been sitting under Pastor uh, Massey, Joe Massey in Steelville. He was a great preacher. And when I said, how did I do? She said, well, Brother Massey never did it like that. That's, that's, that was the way it went. But we, we found out Sister Duncan, our secretary treasurer, She's gone on to be with the Lord. She was about 80 years old. Couldn't hear it thunder, which made things interesting. But Sister Duncan said, we've got two missionaries that we support. And uh, I'd forgotten this. My wife reminded me of this a couple weeks ago. And the way that they were doing missions is, Every adult gave a dollar a month. So if it was a couple, that's $2 a month. Not much money. So when we found out that they were doing $2 a month, I thought, well, if that's what they're doing, what are we going to do, Gail? And we decided we would be big givers. We'd give $4 a month. Knock about John. $4 a month. $4 a month. We didn't pray about it. We didn't ask God. We just decided $4 a month. Now, we were dinks. How many of you know what a dink is? You do? 
Well, I didn't know. I saw this in Colorado. I was out there preaching in, in Fort Collins. They had a station, Dinks. I said, Dinks, is that the guy's name? They said, no, that, that's an acrostic. Each letter means something. I said, well, what does dink mean? He said, that means double income, no kids. Double income, no kids. We were dinks. We didn't have big money, but we had double income. Double income, we had no kids. And we were given $4 a month to missions. Really and truly, we could have done a whole lot more than that. And really and truly, really and truly, most of us can do a whole lot more for missions than what we are. Do you know that? But sometimes we don't make it a matter of priority. We don't make it a matter of faith. Today, you're going to do faith promise cards. Some of you may be, may be doing something on a regular basis for missions. You, maybe you're doing a certain amount each week or a certain amount each month. Well, it's good that you're doing something, but I want everybody here to do something today. Will you pray and will you ask God, Father, what do you want me to do to reach my world? What do you want me to do to invest in missions? You tell me the amount that I need to give, and then you have faith to write it down. Is that all right? Is that all right? Say amen. Kind of encourage me a little. Amen. I want to preach from Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I'm going to preach a short message. But in Mark chapter 14 is one of my favorite passages. It's the passage where the little woman brought her alabaster jar of perfume and anointed the Lord. Let's read it quickly, beginning with verse 3. This was just some days before Jesus was to go to the cross. And it says, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, he was probably Simon, the former leper. Jesus had probably healed him. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor and they rebuked her harshly. Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I want you to focus on the part that said she did what she could. She did what she could. Don't you want to get to the, to the Lord one day 
And for him to look at you and say, well done. You did what you could. You did what you could. Jesus commended this woman. She did what she could. My, my goal in life is to live in such a way that I try to do what I can for the Lord. And when I die, I want my wife, if she can, with an honest heart, put on my tombstone, he did what he could. This woman, Jesus said, did what she could. She came to worship her Lord. I did a study years ago on worship. I wanted to see what worship was all about. And, and every place I looked for worship, it took me to a place where they were giving an offering. And in the Ryrie Study Bible, it defines worship as drawing near to God with your gift. And that's what this woman did. She came to the Lord with her gift to honor him. She had determined in her mind, it was predetermined that she was going to worship her Lord. She went with her gift in hand. It wasn't an impulsive, emotional thing. She came prepared. You say, how do you know she was prepared? Think about it a minute. She brought something that was so valuable, it was equivalent to more than a year's salary. You don't just walk around with something like that. You don't walk around with that and lay it in the seat beside you in the car and leave it in your car, and you go into the, to the store. She came with a determination. She brought that gift to the Lord. Now, I've had people give me stuff before, all kinds of stuff. But I remember when I pastored in Rolla, Missouri, I, I did a bus ministry. I was a senior pastor, but, but I did a bus ministry. We had a couple of ragged buses, and I'd go out and try to get kids ready so that they'd be there for church the next day. And on Saturdays and when I was traveling around, knocking on doors and visiting and encouraging people, I remember I went to this one house where they had a bunch of kids. That's the kind of families you want to get. They get a whole bunch of kids. You jump your numbers up like that, and you get soul saved too. But but I I went there, and this lady said, uh, Brother Deal, do you like dill pickles? I said, why, yes. I was raised on dill pickles. My mom made dill, and dad made dill pickles every summer, every year. Yes, I love dill pickles. She said, well, I'm going to give you a jar. She brought me a jar of dill pickles. Ooh, I never saw any pickles look like that. The lid was rusty. And there was a white, chalky substance about that thick in the bottom of that jar. And I thought, boy, I'll pray before I eat those. <laughs> Protection. So I thanked her. I got home with those pickles and I thought, I'm going to have to eat some of those pickles. Because the next time I see her, she'll ask, how were those pickles? So I ate those pickles. They were the gushiest, mushiest 
things. The least favorite dill pickles I ever had. But when I went the next Saturday, she said, Brother Deal, how were those pickles? I said, they were good. He said, you lying dog. No, no, no. They were good for something. But this wasn't that kind of a deal here. You know, this woman that had, had the attitude of some people, she would have brought a blind sheep, crippled animal. No, she brought the most precious thing she had. Said, I want to honor my Lord. I want to honor my Lord. I want to do this. Missions is not about just doing something. It's about honoring the Lord. Honoring the Lord. Bringing your best to the Lord. And what you bring to the Lord is never a waste. Never a waste. It doesn't matter what others say. They may criticize you like they did her. But she did what she could. And Jesus noticed it. Jesus defended her and said, leave her alone. She's done what she could. I want us to consider something. How can we honor the Lord? Well, one of the ways we can honor the Lord is by obeying Him. That's how our kids honor us. They obey us. Jesus, in 28 of Matthew, verses 19 and 20, said, Go ye into all the world and make disciples in every nation baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you. And, Lord, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said, Go and preach, and these signs shall follow those that preach my gospel. And then in Luke chapter 24, verse 47, he said, I'm sending you just like... uh, Uh, You go and you preach repentance and forgiveness. And then in John chapter 20, he talks about uh, uh, being sent. As a father sent him, I'm sending you. So in every gospel, there's a great commission, a command for us to go into all the world to preach the gospel. It's a command that's good for every one of us. And if we don't do what the Lord told us to do, we're missing the purpose of the church and the primary reason for being in the church. Now, even in the book of Acts, in Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus said, I want you to go all over the world, starting at home. You're Jerusalem. It's, and just outside is Judea. And just beyond that is Samaria. And go to all the world. He ordered us to do this. And we are to do it. And we should be working to do it. Is missions a priority in your life? It should be. 
It should be a priority in the life of every one of us. It's easy for us to see how important missions is to us. We can tell what we really think is important by where we spend our money. We spend it on houses, land, sports, all kinds of things. And I'm not criticizing, but I'm saying if missions is important to God, it should be important to us. And if it's important to us, we should be investing in missions. We spend money on what's important to us. We invest in what's important to us. How much time do you spend praying for missionaries? How much time do you spend uh, seeking God? How much time do you spend going? How much time do you spend uh, determining what you can do for missions? When we give to missions, we are lining ourselves up with the will and the plan of God. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed, one of the things that the Bible teaches us is to pay tithe. Some people will refuse to pay tithes and they're not blessed. Because when they refuse to obey God, it prevents God, it robs God of being able to bless them the way they should, that he wants to. And in missions, there is a promise that's given in missions in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, if you read there, it says, it's a promise, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That is given in the context of mission partnership. When we line up with missions, we line up in a way where God can work in our lives the way he wants to. I want to tell you something. We inspire others when we give. We inspire others when we give. I, I heard a story uh, about three weeks ago. Do you, any of you remember Warner Miles? None of you. Wow, you missed it. Warner Miles is from the Southern Missouri District. He's gone on to be with the Lord now, but Warner Miles was a big old burly guy. He, he was about six, four or more, and he was a big bear of a man. When he was a young kid, a young man, he was a bouncer in these nightclubs and bars. He was a tough guy. But God saved him and called him to be a missionary to Korea. He spent his life being a missionary. But when he got old, which happens if we're fortunate, when he got old and it was time to come home, he still was one of that, those guys that had a Caleb spirit. He said, I want that mountain. He still wanted to do more. And he began to talk to Russ Turney, who is another one of our missionaries, who at that time was a field fellowship chairman in the Philippines. And he said, Russ, can I help you? And Russ said, well, we need to plant some new churches. We need to plant churches in the Philippines. We're kind of stuck. Would you raise some money to do these uh, starter churches? $3,000 a church. And Warner Miles said, yes, I'll do that. So Warner Miles began to travel around taking up offerings to build churches in the Philippines. $3,000 a church. And he raised 
over $600,000. That was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now. But Russ Turney told me that something happened in the Philippines. In the Philippines, the people that heard about this, they began to be inspired to plant churches. So they began to buy land. Some of them thought maybe we'll get some of the Warner Miles money he's raising and we'll get a building. But they, some of them did, some of them didn't. But they went ahead and they built churches. They were building them like crazy. Well, a, a little bit more of the story. Over at Versailles, Missouri, there was a farmer who had a big family. I talked to one preacher who said they had 12 kids. I talked to another and said they had eight. Pick, pick, pick. I don't know. I don't know. Eight, eight or 12, but that's a lot of mouths to feed. And the daddy was in one of these services. So he, uh, he felt impressed. I'm to do that. So he called his family in, and he said, I, I want to buy one of those churches in the Philippines, $3,000. And as a 12-year-old boy in the mix said, Dad, 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 what are you thinking? We don't even have enough money to live well. We're just barely getting by. It's hard to even have good food and clothes on our back, and you want to give $3,000 to missions? And the daddy said, yes, I want to do it, son. Now, that son is now a preacher, so he, he, got, he worked through it. But the man didn't have the money. So he went to the bank and borrowed $3,000 to build a church in the Philippines for people he'd never see. He'd never know to get to heaven. Something happened. Now, I am not a uh, give-to-get preacher. I'm not. I believe we give to obey. We give to worship. God takes care of the other side of it. Amen? Amen? But this man, when it came time to sell his hogs, when he went to market, for some reason, hog prices shot off the roof. The hog prices doubled. He sold his hogs. He had enough money to pay off his loan. Amen? And the people were amazed. Because the prices came right back down. And then the next year, when it came hog selling time, the same thing happened again. Prices jumped up. He sold. Prices came back down. So the neighbors said, what does this man know? He's a genius. He, he must know all about hog futures and the hog market and pork prices. And He's a genius. No, he's just blessed. They said, we want to sell. When you're going to sell next time, let us know we want to sell at the same time. That's still not the rest, the, the rest of the story. The rest of the story is that that man, when he got old and was sick, 
He had a Philippine healthcare worker. And come to find out, the person who was taking care of him was a person who'd gotten saved in the church he built in the Philippines. He saw the fruit of his investment. And Russ Turney told me that the Philippine Assemblies of God doubled in size. They planted like a thousand churches. Warner Miles had money for 200 or so. But the rest, they did it. You see, when you give to missions, you're blessed. But you inspire others to give. Amen? My time's running out. I I had at least 15 minutes more, but I've got to quit. But today, you're going to do faith promises. Now, everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. And a faith promise is not what you can do. It's what God tells you to do and you believe him. Don't put a lid on it. Don't put a limit on it. Sometimes we, we, we're accustomed. We're comfortable. We're used to giving a certain thing. And we just are stuck there. Well, God may be wanting to take you to another level in what you can do for God. Acts 6, 638 or 838, 638, says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, given to your lap. For with what measure that you, you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Sometimes God wants to do more for us, but we put a limit. And we need to break that limit and do what God tells us to do. And then we're going to encounter what he can do when we believe him. Amen? So everybody, I want you to do something. Take your faith promise card. Will you do it? Take it out. You're going to fill it out right now. And I want you to have the same spirit of the little woman that said, I'm going to bring my best, and I'm going to worship my God. And I'd like for you, when you fill out your faith promise, everybody should be given the missions. I want you to come, and I want you to lay your faith promise as if you were saying, here, Jesus, I bring it to you. Bring it here to these steps, to the altar. Bring your gift. Bring your gift in Jesus' name. Everybody should be doing something. Teenager, every couple, you work independently, everybody. But missions is for all of us. Let's do our part in Jesus' great name.